Welcome to the Just Godcast podcast. In this episode, you'll hear Dr. Rob talk about how to trust God's process. This is the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice. We'll be glad in it. Everything is going to be so good today. God's word is going to be good. Our relationships are going to be good. Everything that you put your hands to today is going to prosper. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have a covenant with God because if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. God's word is just just so awesome. Think about it. He said, God's word. Can you imagine that if someone said that about you? Boy, that says so much about a person, doesn't it? And what's really important about knowing these things are being able to trust God's process in what you believe. You need to trust the process that it's going to come out the way that God said it's going to come out, no matter how long it seems to take. Now, where did that term, trust the process, come from? If you were to actually go into the Philadelphia 76, 76ers arena, you would, be, you would be hearing that chant, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. Now, where did that come from? It came in between the 2013 and 2014 session of the Philadelphia 76ers. And they just had come out of another losing season. Things were so bad. The Jim Hinkie, he actually, Hinkie just made a decision that what he was going to do was he was going to start a new process. Well, what did he do? He got rid of all of his name players. He got rid of the best players that are on the team. And what he did was he started getting rid of all of them so that he would come to the point to where what would happen would be is that he would end up with all of these draft picks. He would just trade his best players for draft picks in the future. Why? Because it was a process. And they went through this process over and over and over again, no matter what anybody said, no matter what the naysayers said, he never, never let the naysayers get in the way of his process. We need to be able to go according to the process. The same thing's true with God, is that we need to know that no matter what, at the end of the day, when you take this thing and you bring it all the way out or all the way out to the end of the day, what you're gonna find is that God's word shall stand. He said that in Isaiah 46. He said that the Lord's counsel will stand. He's gonna do all of his good pleasure and purpose. God's gonna do it. He's gonna do it in your life. He's gonna do it in my life. He's gonna do it in the church's life. He's gonna do it in America's life. He's gonna do it in your children's life. He's gonna do it in your spouse's life. He's gonna do it in your home life. God's process is going to come to pass. Do you know there was a time in the scriptures where God's process didn't look like it was happening? It didn't look like things were really working out. Things were actually kind of bad. Things were in the, in the country were bad, in the city were bad. It seemed as though that 
the people that were in charge, they really were attempting to take the society down the tubes. Oh, that almost sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Well, here, here they were. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, the Bible tells us something so good, so good. He said, though the fig tree shall not blossom and there be no grapes, there's no grapes on the vine. He said, the olive tree has actually cast its shoots. Where the olives would hang, the tree just dumped the whole branch of them all. He said that the olive tree will cast its fruit and the field will yield no grain. Can you imagine that? Everywhere the people looked, things were horrible. Not only that horrible, but they were worse because he said there, though the flocks were all scattered and he went out into the barn to find out about the cattle and there was no cattle in the stall. But verse 18 tells us this. It says, he said, I'm singing joyful praise to God. He said, I'm turning cartwheels. He said, I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior. Why? Because he knew that the process was going to stand. God's process, no matter what, no matter what you're going through, the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, a family that seems to be on edge all the time, that it seems as though that you and your significant other will say, are always arguing at this point, the pressures on our society, all of the things that are going on inside of the marketplace, we know that God's process will stand. Jesus is standing at the door. He's waiting to come and get us. But until he does, his process is going to stand and we must trust God's process. In the book of Philippians chapter four, the apostle Paul was talking to us about trusting God's process. He said in verse number six, he said, don't worry about it. He said, don't worry about anything. He said, pray about everything. He said, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. He said that when you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can imagine. This peace will guard your hearts and it will guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus, that's what's gonna happen for you. Don't worry about it, don't worry about anything. So I've got a few things that I wanna tell you for your life about trusting God's process. How do I trust God's process? What do I need to do? How do I make it work? What seems to be the things that I need in order to be able to trust the process that God wants to bring me through. Here's number one. The first thing in trusting God's process is don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but you just don't realize, yes I do. Don't worry about it. I've often thought throughout history how the people actually faced off with the things that they were facing off with. Did they see things differently than we saw them? 
or see them in our society today. What's going on out there right now is, it's kind of crazy. It's crazy in the country, the tensions are really high, the, the looting, the, the rioting, all of these other things, what people said that it was about, it's not about at all. We're finding out that this goes far beyond our borders and it's now into the international scene. Things are wild and fear and worry is huge. What am I supposed to do when these things are going on in life? Well, these things happened before. If you know anything about history, is that history repeats itself. Solomon said that there's no new thing under the sun. This has been going on all the time. It's been going on all the time. Which position do you take? I know what I'm against and I know what I am for. I am against evil and I am for good. But number one is this, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Don't do it. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus was talking to people about this very thing. He told them in beginning with verse 25, he said, don't worry about everyday life. Just don't worry about it. What you're gonna eat, drink, be clothed with, he said, because isn't life more than all of those things? Isn't life a whole bunch bigger? Isn't life huge amounts of files of understanding and experience more than what you're gonna eat? What you're gonna be clothed with? You know, or what you're gonna drink? Isn't it? Verse 27, he said, can all of your worries add one inch to your stature. He said, of course not. Of course not, it can't, it just can't. So verse 31, he tells us this. He says, so don't worry. For tomorrow, he said, will bring its own worries with it. He said, today's trouble is just enough for today. In John chapter 11, Jesus was on his way over to Mary and Martha's house. When he was on his way to Mary and Martha's house, do you know there were people there that told him that Lazarus was sick? And so he stayed and waited another day, but someone came to him and told him, he said, Lazarus, your buddy, your pal, your friend, he's dead. Jesus said, well, Lazarus, he's not dead, he's asleep. They were confused all about it, but finally Jesus got to the house the next day. And when he did, Martha, Martha came out and she began to complain to Jesus that Mary wasn't helping her because Mary was, was sitting at the feet of Jesus learning from him. And so Jesus turns and says to Martha, he said, now Martha, he said, Martha, Martha, Martha. He said, you're worried about a lot of things. He said, but Mary's chosen the thing that can never be taken away from her. But you, Martha, all you're doing is getting by, making a meatloaf. And you think that you don't have enough to be able to make the meatloaf. Martha, don't worry about it. So I wanna encourage you, just don't worry about it. Don't, don't get into it. Don't worry about it. Now, I didn't say you don't have conversations about it. 
But what I'm telling you is that you need to trust God's process. God has a process for you. And that process is going to bring you out on top. There were people that were so, so fearful about life. And the prophet Jeremiah, the crying prophet, actually, he came out speaking for God. And he said this in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He said, I know what I'm doing. He said, I know what I'm doing, guys. I know what I'm doing. He said, I have it all planned out. He said, I have plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you the future that you hope for. You see, God's got it planned out. He's already got this whole thing. He knew everything that was going to happen. You need to trust God's process no matter what. The second thing about trusting God's process that's really important, the first one was don't worry about it. The second one is pray about it. Remember he said, don't worry about it, anything, but pray about everything. So he said there, he said, now, you need to pray about it. In Matthew chapter six, in the earlier part of the book, Jesus is dealing with people, telling them about how they need to pray. And he tells them in verse number five, he said, and now about prayer. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the streets. He said, or in the synagogues where everybody can see them. He said, I'm telling you, that's all of the reward that they're ever going to get. There is no more reward for the guy that wants to pray on the street corners, for the guy that wants to pray inside when he goes to church. That guy has got all of his reward because everyone saw him doing it. He said, but when you pray, he said, go away by yourself. He said, now shut the door behind you. He said, when you pray, go shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly. Then your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. In verse eight, he says, don't be. Don't be like people that just go to God and just complain about what they don't have. He said, don't be like them because your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. He said, now pray like this. This is how you do it. My father, who's in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come right in front of us. Your will be done right here in my home. The same as it's already done in heaven. Give us three square meals a day, God, and forgive us our sins. Forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who have sinned against us. And he said, and don't lead us don't lead us into temptation. He said, but now deliver us from the evil one. Deliverance. He said, you don't have to talk to God about these normal everyday things. He said, you need to pray in the arena of forgiveness. You need to, uh, to pray in the, in the arena of exaltation. You need to pray in the, in the place of gratitude, which just so happens to be our third thing. So remember, don't worry about it, pray about it, but then live in gratitude. Live thankfully. 
be, an, be a grateful person. Be an individual who is known for the thankfulness that they live by. That it just comes out of your pores. It's so funny, the other day someone was telling me all about how that, that they really did all that they could do to be able to get all the garlic out of their mouth that they had eaten because their spouse didn't really care for the garlic. And they were just telling me that they ate a lot, but they went and they scrubbed their mouth. They got out there, all our, did all their gargling. They did everything. They did their flossing to see if any of it got caught in between their teeth. They did all of it and they thought, you know what? I have got this thing together. And when they thought that they had that thing together, the one thing they didn't take into account was it was now coming out of their pores. It's coming out on their skin. They were smelling themselves and they smelled like it. So friends, just remember, be a person that gratitude comes out of your pores. Be so thankful about things. And when you're thankful, God is gonna change everything about you. So the first thing, remember once again, is don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. What's bothering you? Don't worry about it. Yeah, but if I don't worry about it, then what? Well, then no one's gonna worry about it. That's a good thing. Nobody worry about it. Nobody worry about it. He said, there he said, come to the place to where what it is, you don't worry about it. Then you pray about it. But there's a way that you approach God in prayer. He knows what you have need of. But then the third thing is live with a grateful heart. Just live gratefully. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul told us something. He said, always be joyful. Verse 16. He said, keep on praying. And he tells us then, no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He said, always, no matter what, no matter what, be thankful. Oh, Father, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. I am so grateful. I'm just so grateful. I am so grateful. There was a, a, young, a young girl whose name was Kaylee, and Kaylee now is in, in her mid-teens, but I knew Kaylee when she was when she was about, oh, four years old or five years old, I was in her life and down in, in another state because I know some Kayleys here as well. But it was in another state. And Kaylee was just this, she was almost kind of in this, will date me, I know, because some of you know who this is and some of you don't. But she was really a Shirley Temple. She was little Shirley Temple. She was just so so sweet, she was just so happy. She was all of that. But what would happen would be is that Kaylee would, would have a birthday or she would do well at something else and I would give her a gift. 
And when I gave her this gift, she would hold her gift. She'd hold her gift and she'd go, oh, thank you, 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 thank you. I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful. How did you know, how did you know, how did you know? How did you know what I wanted? I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful. And I couldn't hardly wait to be able to give to her again because I wanted to see that. Whenever you are a thankful person, it cannot be hidden. It comes out just like that garlic. It comes out of the pores of your skin. It does because you're so grateful, you're so thankful. If I'm gonna trust God's process, I need to be thankful, not fearful, but thankful. So I don't worry about it, I pray about it, and then I live thankfully. I live with gratitude because I'm trusting God's process. I'm trusting God's process. What process is God working in my life? Do you know, many times I don't really know what God is doing, but this thing I can tell you, I can tell you that whatever God wants to do is what I want God to do in my life. And I'm gonna position myself. I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm gonna pray about it, put myself in that place. And I'm gonna be thankful for everything that God has ever done for me. I'm gonna be so thankful. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you. And the fourth thing is that when you don't worry, when you pray about it, when you live gratefully, that fourth thing will come into play. And that is that God's peace will be yours. Trusting God's process. And then God's peace will be yours. Isaiah, the prophet, the Old Testament, probably the biggest prophet of the Old Testament, he comes out and he says this in chapter 26, verse 3. He said that God will keep you in perfect peace. He'll keep you in peace, peace. He'll keep you in peaceful peace. It's kind of like a double whammy is that God's gonna give you peace and then you're gonna have greater peace and have greater peace. He said, because your mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. I love that. You'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Our savior, the one that saved us from our sins, the one who actually paid the price for all of us, the one who has a covenant with God that I get to be part of that covenant. It's true about me now, not just about Jesus. It's all true about my life, and that's what I focus on. I'm not gonna worry, I'll just pray about it. I'm thankful, and your peace, God's peace, will be ours. Jesus, our Savior, said these words in John 16, verse number 33. He said this, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you'll be unshakable and assured and deeply at peace. 
He said, I've told you these things so that you would be at peace. I'm telling you this now. I'm letting you know what's going to happen. Don't worry about what's going on. Pray about what's going on. Live thankfully. I'm going to take you right out of this place. You're going to miss it. Things may be bad, but you're going to miss it when it really gets bad because he's going to catch you away. And he said this. He said, now, in this godless world, he said, you'll continue to experience difficulties. In this godless world. He said, but peace will be yours. He said, now, I've told you all that have been trusting me. He said that you'll be unshakable and assured and you'll be deeply at peace. In this godless world, you'll continue to experience difficulties. He said, but take heart. He said, take heart. I've conquered everything. Take heart. Jesus said that he had conquered everything. So then what am I supposed to do? I mean, so I know that I, I don't worry about it. I pray about it. I'm thankful about it. And then his peace will be mine. But what am I supposed to think about? These thoughts just keep invading my mind. And here we find that same apostle coming out and saying in Philippians 4, verse 8, he said, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one more thing before I close this letter. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about that. He said, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You think about those things, even in the midst, you must trust God's process. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Just Godcast, where Dr. Rob brings you empowering insights and easy to understand takeaways that you can use to lead yourself, your family, and your team. We release episodes every Monday, so be sure to come back next week and be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.